<laughs> but by that point, I'd lost my grip and it had dropped right into it. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, uh, and that's again. why I'm no longer allowed to take other people's children to the zoo, no. especially the lion exhibit. Oh, God. Yeah. Not not Joe yeah. Exotic. Um... <laughs> you know, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been doing that thing that people do when they hate themselves, which is uh, keeping up with SNL. Oh God! And um, I've noticed that Kate McKinnon hasn't been in it for a very long time. Why is this? So I was like, right, what's going on with Kate McKinnon? And I looked it up, and she's not left it. She's just currently busy filming, and I totally forgot that this was happening. The Joe Exotic movie. The one where she's playing Carol Baskin and Nicolas Cage is playing Joe Exotic. You know, the one we all went, oh, that sounds hilarious. And then then we all all lived through the first lockdown and went, no, but it was weird how we all idolized these people because of a documentary, right? That was strange. But that thing, the film is still happening. So as is Tiger King series two. That's That's coming around. I think that's out now. Is it out now or is it nearly out? I think it's out now, but I don't know. The world no. has moved on. The world has moved on. It's nearly, nearly two years since the first series. And the world has moved on. I'm not happy with this. I'm not okay Welcome with it. Welcome to Big Damn Cast, everyone. We're talking about Tiger King for some we're reason. We're not happy about we're it. We're going to move on to nerdy news and geeky gossip. My name is Chris, that bitch, Carol Baskin uh, Johnson. <laughs> My name is actually Tiger King. I changed it by deed poll seven weeks ago. Oh, First name Tiger, why... last name King. <laughs> that explains why you've not been opening any mail I've sent you. No, no, it's actually illegal for me to open a mail address to my old name now. <laughs> uh, does that stop me anymore? Um, it's ironic because you know uh, what's he from? Is he? Is it? Is he? Oh, which series is he from? King Tekken. Tekken. Yeah, with, right. he's not got a tiger head though. He's got a leopard head. <clears throat> oh, leopard. Oh, there you go. But did you know that his name is? Tony King. So Tony King. the fact that you guys you guys have similar names means you might get each other's mail now. Oh god, I can't open King's mail. Well I can <laughs> the open King's mail. I can open mail dressed to Mr. King. Mm. Oh no, because it's got to be Mr. T King. Oh no! Oh no! I've got myself in a King's that's, that's, that's a good point, right? So what if the person who lived in your house before you had the same surname as you? And then you received mail, like, you know, a year or whatever into you being there, that was addressed to Mr. Watson. And that's all it said. You go, oh, that's mine. And then you open it and find out it's not anything to do with you. It's like an account or whatever that's got nothing to do with you. You have then technically tampered with the mail. Is it defensible because they've got the same surname? I've unknowingly committed a crime. Yeah. So what do you do in those instances? Well, you just got to... Come clean off. Set fire to the house. Set fire to the house. Move (laughs) to Australia. Um, Molotov cocktail your entire life. Like that's it. I can't be. I can't be Matt Watson anymore. I have to be Tiger King. What's in a Molotov cocktail? Are you even allowed to drink? Right. What are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) Nice callback. Um, So today we're talking about three things. We're going to start with the one that we gather most of our listeners would have already watched, so we're not fussed about spoilers, and that's Docky Who. Docky Who! Docky Who! Um, Then we are going to talk about some of which most of our viewers will probably have watched and go into spoiler details, which is Hawkeye! Hawkeye! Episodes 1 and 2, the Disney Plus series. And then we're going to round out with some that some folks might not have seen, either because they've not been able to get to the cinema yet, haven't felt comfortable going to the cinema yet, or like most cinemas around these parts... 
it's already been shoved out of their screens because they're having to make room for so many bastard films over the next month. So it's insane. So many bastard films. Is that <laughs> so many bastard wedlock? films? Yes, yes, that was that was. Uh... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yes, yeah, they're the Jon Snow of cinema, and um, yeah, it, it's, we're going to talk Ghostbusters Afterlife third and foremost, but not foremost, Ooh. third most. In the meantime. How the devil are you, sweet lady? We are recording remotely once again for yeah, those just catching we up. Are. I'm alright. Uh, not not much exciting going on, you know. Just doing my thing, working my work, being a uh, independent woman. You I'm don't not, need no I'm, man. I'm not an independent woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm neither independent nor a woman, uh, technically. Uh, so yeah, no life is <laughs> life is good here. How are you in um, the far off land of uh, where are you? Wherever you are. Pantoland. Pantoland. Panto Pato Banton. I oh, am okay. uh, This is how I'm doing. It's uh twenty past one on Monday, the twenty ninth of November as we record this. Is it? I am sat here in tracksuit bottoms drinking uh, black coffee and I've been up for two hours. Oh lovely. So that's lovely. That's how it's going. This is uh, this is our one day off now until like mid December. Um and I am I am I am taking full advantage by having a coffee right now. Um, I'm gonna eat a bag of chocolate buttons while we record because I'm, yes! I'm a beast. And uh, and yeah, this evening, uh, th- those of us who have remained here in Lincoln who haven't taken the time of our uh, first day off to drive home, like to family and whatnot, those of us that remain uh, are going to the Everyman Cinema to watch No Time to Die and have some booze and chicken wings or have whatever. Have you seen No Time so. to Die yet? No, it's been my first time. That's been my first time. It's one of those films. That's the one film that seems to have stayed in cinemas these past six months. Yeah, everyone likes fucking James Bond, doesn't they? Everyone, everyone loves fucking everyone James loves Bond. Everyone loves fucking James Bond. Even though um, they know they'll probably die if they get with him yeah. sexually. If you get with him sexually, you're probably going to get killed by a henchman or something. Yeah, and, you know. or get, you know, covered in oil or painted gold. Yeah, yeah suffocated in gold paint and... You know, like uh, uh, Javier Bardem shoots an apple off your head and then shoots you, and you know it's, it's not it's not a good time. It's not a good, it's time. Not a good time. Not good times to be had with the old Bondarooni. <laughs> but you know what was a good time? He says in a segue that doesn't make sense. Was it though? Yeah, Doctor Who survives the flux. The fifth episode of Doctor Who flux, chapter five, if you will. Uh, in a nutshell, it finally answered at least two big questions. In, in a way that I feel like was supposed to hit harder than it did. Yes, because in a way that was meant to mean something, but really... I don't care. <laughs> don't give a fuck. The best thing that it gave us was uh, the B-plot, which was just charming and really fun. Yeah, it was. Um, it and was. then it cliffhangered in a way that made you go, right, I, wait. Oh, you don't want to want anger Cliff. What? He's so angry, he's so angry. Angry man. Cliff! He's so angry. Cliff is the most angry of all, He's almost, of all time. He's almost as angry as Carvin Easter. Um, <laughs> Who we got back? We got our good I do, boy back. I, have, good boy I, have, I got to admit, I have liked Carvin Easter so far uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, or season off, even. Um, so, uh, yeah, I... <laughs> yeah, it's just... So Survivors the Flux suffers from modern-day penultimate episode syndrome, which is... Oh yeah, all that stuff we've set up. We should probably tidy it a bit before next week. Mm. Instead of what penultimate episodes of sagas, serials, whatever used to do really well, which was, oh my god, oh my god, of course, and that's what that means. 
but how are they going to... What? Oh my! And then next week is the the big like mm. big magical finale where they pull it all off and and yeah, like a lot of modern shows fuck this up now. Yeah, they, they do this yeah. thing where the penultimate one sort of gives you something. And you go, okay. And where are we gonna? Yeah, because like we we haven't touched on the TARDIS breaking for three episodes now. Yeah, it really three episodes feels since they've mentioned it. So I don't think that's gonna come into play. No, especially now that we especially now that we've had the New Year's Day teaser image. Have you seen that? No. So yeah. So uh, they they snuck it out earlier this week. Um, uh, it says twenty twenty two, and the final twos of the twenty twenty two sort of form an infinity symbol on the top of them, mm. and it's a shot of the TARDIS like promo art. It's a shot of the TARDIS covered in these deep orange cracks mm. all on the exterior. So um, I have a feeling that isn't even going to be paid off in flux, mm. which makes you go, hang on. Imagine if the key to time had finished and you still didn't know what the key to time was exactly, what it did, or like what the White Guardian thought about how they handled it. And then it was like, oh, we'll watch next year to find that out. Yeah. No, no, I want to watch the fucking key to time. You've called this series the key to time. I want a story, a complete story about them getting all the bits of the key to time (laughs) and what it means. We have got a complete story about the flux. It's just that it's not very interesting. Yeah, so it turns it, out the flux is is a essentially a man made virus to wipe out the universe because the people who covertly monitor the universe have gone. Ah, it's kind of a fuck up, this really, isn't it? Yeah. Oh well, chuck the virus in, and it's like, wow, it's interesting because they definitely started writing whatever the version of this was first before COVID. Oh yeah. So it's like it's interesting how that's, and obviously it's not a virus, virus, but it is. If the if the universe was a computer. They've they've chucked a, a virus into it to yeah. eradicate it. Um, do we all did we all take a shot for the predictable, boring ex- explanation of what the division is? Yeah, like what, they're what a secret could it have society, been? Matt. Oh, could they're it, a secret society. Like, what else would people? What else could it have been? Like it they're was a always society, be Matt. We knew it people was Matt, already, a secret we society. Knew, we already knew it was that. We live in yeah, a ask secret me what society. Ask me what they do. What do they do? They secret. They secret oh, things. Oh, they secret things. They secret things, Matt. Is it the Celestial Intervention Agency with a different name? Yes, it is. Pretty much, yeah. They secret things. Secrets. Secrets. Mm, oh, secrets. and it's and it's Tet Tayun. Oh, we didn't see that coming. This this really important character who was introduced at the tail end of last season who we suddenly really have to care about. This feels like it should be part of a way longer series. And it isn't. And because it isn't, None of the ideas have had time to land. None of the concepts have had time to, you know, germinate in our minds. And nobody mm-hmm. fucking cares. Episode one should have been, right, Doctor, you seem distracted. What's going on? <sighs> okay, Yaz, I'll tell you. And just finally explains to Yaz oh, what's going on in her head. Because then you'd get a nice start of the series, of this miniseries recap of what the Timeless Children means to the Doctor. Yeah. What the events of it mean to her. Because she's not explained it to anyone. She very briefly hints at it to Ryan in like their last yeah. sort of little conversation between each other. And that's it. So series should have started with her, her and Yaz on this escapade. And then Yaz being, Yaz being like, right, seriously, what's going on? She's like, I really shouldn't keep you in the dark. Okay. Yeah, their relationship and then you get like bullshit. Yeah. So you start the series with a little recap of here's what the doctor's trying to figure mm. out. But then this new thing interrupts it. And it's like, oh my god, that's what all this is about with Swarm, the Flux, all this and the other. So that as this series is itself contained self develops, 
once you hit this moment, you go, oh, that's the woman she was talking about at the beginning. Now, there's going to be someone listening going, yeah, but they did that in The Timeless Children. We all know. It's like, no, you know, because you've watched it and you remember it. But Joe Public does not remember some that they watched nearly two years ago for one afternoon and have never revisited. Shit, Joe Public doesn't remember what they watched last fucking week. Exactly. Like, I have seen The Timeless Children once. Once. And I mo- I mostly remember what it was about, but I have also slept, traveled, shat, like, worried, gone for a run. I've done many things since then. I've eaten a uh, few yeah. times. You know, Just a I've, few. Uh, you know. I've had the odd orgasm. Like, I've done other things that have occupied my time. <laughs> the odd one. Yeah, just the odd they one. They few and like, far between nowadays. If it's Christmas, you know. Um, <laughs> it's snowing. Uh, so oh, God. They're not going to remember that shit. If you're doing a miniseries that has a title and it's all one story, what happens in that one story should be coherent to someone who just watches yeah. that one story. And a lot of this relies on you remembering a finale that broadcast last February. And even then, it's not that coherent. And no. it just, it's so many disparate plot threads that are taking so long to come together mm. that it just doesn't feel like anything's happening. Mm. Well, it feels like stuff's happening, but it feels like none of it's related to the other stuff that's happening. And so it's just not very satisfying, is it? And I'm I'm more intrigued by the notion of the Doctor not having a clue what Swarm is about. Yeah. Than the Doctor not having a clue what the Division is about. Because I think it's because one of them, it seemed obvious what it was going to be. And it turned out it was. It was, there is secret society. They do secret things with time. Whereas the other one, I don't know. I still don't know. Yeah. I still don't know really what Swarm is about. Which at this stage is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have a clue these fucking antagonists are, what they want. Why they're doing what they're doing? Why it's such a problem? What the stakes are? It's just like the stakes mm-hmm. are almost too big. It's like it's the whole universe. I don't care yeah. about the last whole week universe. in Village of the Angels. It felt like the stakes were a little more yeah. graspable. It, it, it was like okay, so whoever they are, they're after her for a reason. So the stakes are really what do this secret society want with the Doctor right now? Like they've had she was with them, they want her back. Oh my God, what's this going to lead to? And it turns out what it led to was. Yeah, uh, we don't really want you back. I just need to get you out of the way because you're going to save everybody and that's that we don't want that. Yeah, it's it's not... So, jog on. Yeah, they don't really want anything, I'm going to keep you here. They? Or if you want, I'll send you back and you can do whatever you... You can try and save it or whatever. And we'll Because what was it Tech Tavian offered her? We'll like, leave Earth. Oh, we'll leave so Earth, yeah. Earth will still exist oh, okay. in that, in the in Universe 1. Um, Earth will still exist and her mates will still be alive and that and she can just live in a universe where all there is is planet Earth and blah 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 and I'm like yeah I mean without the sun motherfucker but uh, yeah, yeah. you know uh, we've, <laughs> so, we've already seen the Big Bang <clears throat> might be a few issues you know what I mean um, so yeah I just uh, and this is the show dealing with the with the multiverse for the first time ever really mm. as well. Like, you know, we've we've gone to parallel universes in a couple stories, like Inferno and uh, Rise of the Cybermen. Like, we've, we've, we've dipped into the idea of, oh, yeah, the, our universe isn't the only one. No. It's just we don't really have any need to bro- go between them because that would break the fabric of reality and it would. screw everyone over. We don't want to break the fabric of reality because we <clears> live <throat> there. It's where we keep all our yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked very hard. What was it? I've worked very hard on it. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you get this shit where, um, 
they're, they're like, right, well, what reason did they want to get rid of Universe 1 again? Uh, it's... Is it because of the Doctor? Yeah, it's not what they want it to be. Uh, it's, I'll tell you what it is. It's poorly defined and even, mm. and even more poorly explained. So the angels lured her into a trap. Yeah. So that she could basically, she could be sort of locked in a state just long enough for them to get her out of the universe into this this base, this base camp. Well, they, they, lo- the, they the locked her between. in. A, all they did was turn her into an angel because it made a good cliffhanger. That's literally well, That's it. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Plot reasons, they did it because yeah. angels apparently can shift between realities. It's like, cool, so why are, why are some of them trapped in houses? And, yeah, it's, it's you know just what I mean? like, fucking what's... nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, they can shift out reality. Cool. So why did that one remain chained up in New York for so long? Like, I mean, that's, it, what is going on? Yeah, it's but, Doctor but, Who. You know. So, uh, of course, it's, <clears throat> it's going to be a certain degree of nonsense, but you want it to be legible and entertaining. Otherwise, what's the Especially point? Especially if, you, well, if your monsters like the angels are based around rules. Like, those yeah. monsters are based around rule. It's still some vaguely defined stuff, but they are based around some very set rules. That's what makes them so frightening. The idea is you as a viewer go, oh, could I follow those rules and stay alive? Like, could I do that? Mm. And, and you know, it's, it's the gremlins. It's the whole gremlins thing. It's like, it oh, yeah, no, I'd be able to do it. And everyone has a chat about, like, how they'd be able to stop their mogwai turning into a gremlin. You know, that's part of the fun of the angels. So to then be like, actually, they can do... 75 million things including shunt her out of existence then i go cool so when that one got into her tardis when that one got into her tardis at the end of episode three why didn't it just shunt her out of the universe into the the place where tectayun is wasn't instead of going through this whole thing of them having a village yeah i I don't fucking know the the, the one that was like i need your help and then went hurt psych actually i'm working with these guys and we were all trying to get you here on purpose and it's like yeah, right. It's just not great. So why is did it? you why did you mess with Claire and make her psychic slash jump onto her already psychic abilities to, to give yourself a, a, a place to travel? Cause then the episode happens. Right, but why? So yeah, the episode why does the episode happen? happen? Cool, but like the episode ends with the angels doing something that any one of them apparently could have done. Yeah. At any time. And also if if the reason the division wants to wipe out the universe is because the doctor's like too troublesome and is meddling with the affairs of it. Because that was the idea, wasn't it? They were like, some societies have to climb, some yeah. have to fall, like some are not allowed to progress. Like this is just how it's meant to be. And you're ruining that because you're keeping people safe and you're stopping, you know, you're stopping exterminations and extinctions and all this stuff. And it's like, cool. Why don't you lot just kill the doctor then? Yeah. Because then we wouldn't have a plot. It's it's just it's like, is there, is there implication? Well, the doctor is the timeless child, so technically will never not regenerate. And it's like, yeah, mm. but we know the doctor can die. We've seen it. We've seen, we've seen other time lords die. Like, it's not like she's going to be there forever. And it's just like, well, I guess we better just wipe out this universe and move on to the next one. And what's to say the next universe doesn't also have its own division. We're going to be like, who are you lot? What are you doing coming over here? Piss off. <laughs> like, we're, we're the secret society in yeah, universe too. it's just... <sighs> I'd, I I understand that you know the a the a plot was shit is what we're going the a plot shit the shit. b plot was much better it was fun though I mean yeah I like I like no, this episode's of... b plot was the whole the whole thing of um of the, the of a uh, uh, Dan Dan and, and Yaz being treasure hunters and Eustace Yaz... Jericho Jericho oh, Kevin McNally Jericho. having a good time I love it um the pro- the main problem is is that this is I a love, series... I love the stuff with the seer 
honestly, that was my favourite part of the episode because I was just like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's the first time I've had a proper laugh at this show in a while. Yeah. That was kind of nice. It's been a fucking what a while, weird moment. It? It's been a minute. And I like the fact that it went nowhere. It was just, if we're going to have this little interaction, we could just write it off as a line of dialogue or we could just give you a fun little moment. No, but they give, do keep... Give another actor a job and... They do you know keep I mean? on writing off bits that are probably important as throwaway lines of dialogue. How were they on the same boat every time they made a journey? <sighs> Because that's. I mean, what... I know it's. Cause, I know it's because it's the only set. Yeah, like, and the only set they could get. Um, like, at what point? How in 1904 have that lot managed to wrangle that knows. much resources? I know it's been three knows. years, but. Oh, oh, and let's not even get into the fucking C plot without having a little vomit. So the C plot this oh, week was the unit God. story. I don't hate the idea of unit secretly from day one having had an alien somewhere in its organization who kind of constructed it. Because, you know, why not? Like, it would explain how so many people in the military were convinced, like, well, we need to put money into this. Let's go for it. Yeah. If, if, you know. This so I don't true. hate that idea, but wouldn't it have been a nicer version if it had been a good alien? Yeah. Like a nice guy. It would have been. That would have been fun. It's like, wait, why would you set up unit? Unit, like, kick off with your kind. And he's like, yeah, well, not the, not the bad ones. You know what I mean? I want to make sure Earth's protected. It seems like a nice place. <laughs> it seems nice. Yeah, I want to help you all nice. out. It is. Earth is you know. nice. <clears throat> Thank you for, for the most thank part. you for recognizing yeah. that. <laughs> and, it's the and, people that you know, are fucking worst. And like I I thought the the little the little nod of the brigadier being in another room wasn't too gratuitous. Like no. you could hear Nicholas Courtney shouting at some people. It was a fucking um, far cry from Cyberbrig, I tell you that. Yeah, but like that was well, exactly this was lovely. It was like Alistair's in that room. It was nice to see Kate. That's quite that's quite fun. It was nice to see Kate again, yeah, just because it was... Uh, although, of course, like we had that wonderful throwaway line about it being cancelled because of Brexit funds and everything Yeah. in, in 2019, which was quite fun. It was like, fucking hell. <laughs> that is... Yeah, of course, they'd be cutting out the alien whatever thing, you, you know, protection division or whatever. They'd be like, yeah, why are we spending money on that? That's a little bullshit. So they had to set this prior to that. So this was 2017 instead of 2019. For the for the Kate for the uh, Kate mm-hmm. for the Kate Lesbridge Stewart for the Kate Bishop stuff. Yes. Oh my god. Um. So like, I yeah, it was nice to see her, and I do kind of, I do kind of like seeing, um, you know, sort of unit over the decades. I'll be honest, I didn't find the whole like, uh, no wonder like the records are fuzzy on specific dates because you keep showing up and you know they can't base it on whatever because of the fact the guy kept looking the same age over the decades and it was like was that if that was intended just to be a little joke at the whole is unit set in the 70s or 80s thing then that's okay sure but i've seen the internet really enjoying that and going oh now it explains the date discrepancies and it's like no it doesn't <laughs> it makes them more confused if anything <laughs> like when do we go to the training grounds is it like 1967 right uh, yeah. so no, so I- so al Oh no no the second the one when when they're in the building. Oh that yeah that's sixty seven because it's like the yeah. year before. So like that's is that is that the year before Web, uh, Web of Fear, Fear? Yeah. Right. So which is the first appearance of uh, Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart? Yeah, and the Colonel first of Lethbridge Stewart. Colonel Lethbridge Stewart and and the first well we we don't we don't know them as unit yet. We learn that they're unit in the invasion. Yes. Because the doctor arrives and he's like, oh my God, it's you. And he's like, yeah, brilliant. Oh yeah, I'm actually Brigadier now and uh, we're called Unit. We're pretty fucking great, mate. There you oh go. yeah, of course. Um, it sets up Unit being everything before Web of Fear, which it isn't. 
Well, in, in Web of Fear, it could be it could be suggested that like yeah. it's beginning, like it's you know uh, th- something is on something starting, and then by the time the invasion's like we're fully formed, we're funded, we're gonna we're gonna make it work, bad boys. But you're right, it's it's not like unit by that point. Yeah, as someone who's so, just watched Web of Fear for the first time like a month ago, I can confirm yeah. that unit it's not mentioned. Yeah, it's like okay, that's right. Um, I so. Who the fuck is the Grand Serpent? Who cares? <laughs> like he was. Who fucking he was, cares? He, he was some kind of out of space dignitary who was secretly a bit of a dirty mobster character in Episode Three. Yeah. In the future, and now he's on Earth, time traveling. Like I, I did like the bit where Kate pointed out, like how long has it taken you? Like what, ten minutes? 20 minutes to do that like implying that every time we've seen him has probably just been him in real time popping to each location yeah um, yeah totally which if you're a time traveler who's like yeah well you should need to hit these points like it makes sense that they would do that yeah um i didn't understand why he was randomly killing people off so that he could be unquestioned if he also never stuck around to do anything with his position of power well because it was and then it, it turns it, out yeah. he's doing it to give the sontarans permission yeah, give them an opening to, Earth. to yeah, for but, like, reasons. But that's in 2017. No, it's 2021. The events of, but, but no, but when you're talking to Kate, that was 2017. Yes, but then the it's in did 2020. it cut to 2021? Oh, they just had him in the same office because yeah, because he would be in the same office. Set dressing is not of a consequence apparently. Set dressing. So car. that means Kate. So that means Kate has been presumed dead since 2021. Oh, since 2017 then. Presumably, when yeah. a house when a house blew up. Yeah, I would, I would probably, probably. Right, so how's Time Fracture work then? Because <laughs> she's part of that. It doesn't, Chris. None of it works. <laughs> oh, God. And then uh, and then you've got uh, him giving the Sontarans permission? Well, what? It, it basically just turns off all the defences and lets them in. But, like, why? I don't know. What's this guy got to do with any of this fucking stuff? I don't care. It's it doesn't too, this is what I'm saying. We now know what the, the division is. We now know what the flux is. And we now know um, that, yes, the Doctor's past memories are contained literally in a f- straight up fucking fob watch in that room. Her entire original timeline up to the point she knows as the beginning of her life or knew as the beginning of her life is in that fob watch. Mystery solved. Like her past is there and it is now the choice of the last episode as to whether she learns it or abandons it because I am who I am, etc., etc. Um, we now have met Tech Tayun and know that she doesn't give a shit. She's like, yeah, you're my kid, I guess. But you're just an experiment, essentially. And And she's also now dead. Yeah, then you were a dog on a leash and then you got off the leash and we went, oh, fuck it, it's just a dog and let you do your thing. And it's like, okay, so that's all sort of been solved. We still know what Swarm is and now we have the extra fucking questions of what are the tunnels all about? What the fuck is the Grand Serpent and why? Yeah. Um, I just. Uh, um, hmm. Why is Grand ha. Why is place inside of uh, Passenger a uh, random floaty temple and it's just those two people? Yep. Yep. <sighs> God. Be- Bell and Carvanista, that was fun. Yes. Carvanista fit- is generally. A good time whenever he turns up, and it is it is fun to put him up against someone who we've seen is quite competent. Yeah, like like for him to then be like, 
fucking hell. Like, sort of taken aback a little bit. Like, all right, this is going to be a bit tougher than wrangling up a random scout bloke. Let's go. You know, but I just... Uh, uh, like, why, why is the Grand Serpent sent assassins into the past after Dan and Yaz and Jericho? Who knows or dares to dream? Like, what is... What? I just... This episode was the worst of the series, but only because it's made me even more uh, frightened for how badly it's going to conclude. Yeah. Like, it had its moments. Again, I like the stuff with the seer. I thought that was oddly charming and hilarious. I'm loving the Mole Man stuff. Like, his performance is amazing. It feels like he's in a separate fucking show. It's and weird, that, that, isn't it? It is but weird. I, but, I, but I don't hate it because it's like, it's something I mean, like it's, yeah, it's something happening. I'm not sure and, it's a and... swing and a hit, but it is a swing. <laughs> like, because it's such a, it's such a, it's such a broad Liverpoolian accent as well. So it's, it's almost yeah. disarming. Yeah. Uh, up against John Bishop, it feels fake. Yeah. But it's, it does. but it's like, I also think of this being now a show that is watched internationally. And I'm like, I have a feeling some viewers will probably understand him more than they understand Dad well, at times. Quite, so. Yeah. So sure, and I like—I just like the energy he's giving to it. And it was nice um, that he got an actual sort of touching moment this week, where he was like, "Oh my God, someone gets it!" And, and it's like, right, what do we get? Like, what? What do you mean exactly? What? Mm. What is your? How do you know about all this? What's going on? Mm. Oh, it's just—it's—it's mm. eh. it's frustrating almost. At how? Who'd look nice? At what? Sorry. Who'd look nice? Who'd look nice? Who'd look really nice? It would look really nice because, because obviously we've had different practical effects team for the last yeah, few years. So yeah. Some of the returning aliens have been subtly redesigned, and and like just the different coloration of the skin and the veins and stuff. I and dig it. I dig. I dig old, the look of the Ud. Big old high on crack eyes that he had. Fuck you know, <laughs> which are quite nice. Although I, I had to look him up before because I was like, is it the same actor uh, uh, voicing the Ud? And it is. It's uh, Silas Carson. And the reason okay. why I had to look it up is because it just sounded a bit... I know it's been 10 years since we last saw an Ood, but like it, it sounded different. The accent sounded different. So I was a little confused about that. And I looked it up, and I think he's forgotten <laughs> how the Ood sound. <laughs> because it sounded like a mix between the Ood and his other most famous sci-fi voice role. Of the Viceroy Newt Gunray oh, from no. the Star Wars prequels. There was, there yeah. Was, I, I, there was a there was a hint of accent in the ood that wasn't there before. Yeah, you're not wrong. Mm, and I was a bit like, and I wish you were. Sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't like that. I do like the doctor was like, so you're just working for her. Yeah, you do realize like there are other ood out there, and they're gonna get fucked over by this as well. And he's like, it's too late to change. It's like, it's not. Give us a shot. Wow. All yeah, right. Click. <laughs> like, wow. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. What a dick move. What a dick move. Do you know what wasn't uh, a dick move? What? Uh, Disney dropping two episodes of Hawkeye on Disney Plus on day one because oh. it made for a pretty damn fun movie-length evening. Yeah, um, it did. It did. I did we, did. we watched them both back-to-back as well. We did the same thing. Spoilers ahead for Hawkeye, folks. Hawkeye! Marvel Studios' The Hawk Guy. Spoilers so, ahead, bro. What happened in The Hawk Guy, bro? In the hot guy, bro. So we've got Kate Bishop, overachieving rich kid who lost her dad in the Battle of New York in 2012. And she's in New York and her mom is uh, engaged to Jacques de Zuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzuzu
um, who is the, is the swordsman. Is the swordsman. Um, yeah. Why are there swords everywhere? <laughs> who's a bit well. weird, and they're involved in this charity auction where they're auctioning off the Ronin sword and the Ronin suit. Mm. The infamous mercenary yeah. who murdered shitloads of organized criminals yeah. during the blip. Yeah. So the auction gets attacked because they're looking by the tracksuit bros who are looking for a watch. For some reason, don't know yeah, the significance of the watch. I think, I think that's going to come back at some point. It's got to because did, did did the tracksuit mafia get hold of it again, or did did Pizza Dog? No, they have got it? the watch. They got the watch. Okay. Uh, Pizza Dog attacked the tracksuit, bro. <laughs> yeah, he but, did. Um, but we did, but he didn't get the watch. Um, Before so we go any further, can we just clarify that I think we would both die for that dog. Oh yeah, we, we would die. We would Pizza die dog. to save that dog. Um, Kate Bishop <laughs> ends up donning the the. Uh, Ronin costume to sort of help and try and save as many people as she can and gets caught on camera which attracts the attention of Clint Barton who's in town with his kids for Christmas just before going back home to his, his wife and it's like oh shit I gotta sort this Ronin stuff out and I, I gotta stop that suit from getting out there and oh shit that mobster st- a mobster killing I did uh, yeah. someone's gonna get blamed for it that isn't me gotta, uh, so uh, yeah. <laughs> gotta sort that out and so he has, he links up with Kate and tries to sort smooth things over in the six days before he has to go home to his to his wife and kids for Christmas I don't think it's gonna be that easy for him oh hell no I love the I love the continuous ticking yeah. clock as well of like just five more days. Just five more days. Okay, yeah. you got five days. It's like that's gonna keep depleted as the series goes on. <laughs> Hijinks ensue. Strange mm. things happen, and uh, Simon Callow makes a Simon, choice. Um, Simon Callow makes yeah. a real choice. Um, yeah, I like, I'm here for it. Ooh. I'm fucking it's here for weird. it. Weird, um, bloody weird, and. <laughs> oh, um, and yeah, so uh, at the end of the second episode, we've got Kate and uh, Clint captured by the tracksuit bros and about to be confronted by a, who I assume is Echo! 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 Um, it's who did good, the artwork it? for... It is pretty good. Who did the artwork for Hawkeye, the Matt Fraction run? Uh, David Arger, mostly. So David, uh, there are petitions all on over the internet now for David Arger to get an exec producer credit and a little fucking cut of the cut of it. Because Fraction one. Fraction's got a producer credit on it somewhere, mm. or or a with thanks credit. He's got an acknowledgement somewhere. Mm. I just should um, have one. David Arger hasn't, despite the fact that obviously not only is it borrowing very heavily from the series that he illustrated most of, not all of it, but he illustrated most no, of and it. And his character designs. Um, and his character designs, but also. The entire graphics for the title sequences and marketing of the show is lifted directly from his covers. Yeah. And people are going, this show looks incredible. And those who read the comics going, yeah, yeah where's the creditation to Arja, man? What's going on? It's always What's happening? artists to get shafted, man. But it's so it's so distinctly his look yeah. that it's it's like painfully yeah. obvious and... and so I hope that gets resolved because it, it, it is. I don't want there to be. I don't want there to be some bad blood on this series because no. it's so good. It's very good. It's so. The trailers promised Die Hard with bows and arrows, and I think what Episode One and Two delivered was Die Hard with bows and arrows. Die Hard like, with, that is the vibe. with bows and arrows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's 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 like it's like Die Hard had sex with a Shane Black movie, mm. and uh, and and someone dropped a bit of the Marvel formula into the mix, and out popped Hawkeye 
the series. Yeah, I can fuck with that. Uh, Haley Steinfeld. She's so, so good. good. So good as Kate. It's a nice different twist on Kate as well, because Kate is usually the karma collected more together one, especially yeah. again in the series this is inspired by, whereas here she is the opposite side of that Yeah, they, they've given the karma stuff to Clint and given yeah. her the sort of um, like perpetual <laughs> bachelor, slightly losery, but yeah. very competent hero. Like she's a wannabe hero. Yeah. Um, like she, but, she has an absolute sort of of a bohemian dream shag pad. Like, and oh she's yeah, yeah, doing all these things, uh, like dares with her mates that that result in massive property damage that she feels guilty about, but it still happened. It did still um, happen, and and it sounds like it's not the first time because her mum's had to pay off stuff before. Yeah, and uh, you know she's 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 a giant goofball. She's a she's one of the first. Well, she, I think she's the second character in the MCU to be like this after spider-man to a degree but she's like the first kind of oh we're introducing we're introducing a fangirl yeah of this yeah, world yeah like she's a fangirl of the avengers she grew up loving them um and it's like yeah that's okay all right and it looks like the next generation is gonna be like that they're going down that road well, because it would you know, be Kamala it? Khan and Ms. Marvel. We could we've already seen yeah. the teaser preview of her dressed as Captain Marvel in a homemade suit. Um, you know, we've got Riri Williams on the way. You don't create an Iron Man armor if you ain't a fan of Iron Man. Oh, like, quite. You know, um, <laughs> Natasha's biggest fan, her younger sister, is on her way. So, yeah. like, it seems like seems like we're getting a lot of successes um, set up here and. One complaint online I saw was, oh, this first episode is just too much about Kate. Like, I'm watching a series called Hawkeye, and I just wanted to be like, do you, Kate do you guys is want to tell him? Do you, do you guys want to tell him? Do you guys want to tell him? Hawkeye ain't the name of one superhero, motherfuckers. Well, at <laughs> it's least a legacy not, name. At least you're not going with <laughs> Hawking Bird. <laughs> it did do for a while, and oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. No, thank no, no. you. Well, to be fair, in, this, um, in the MCU, Mockingbird isn't involved with Clint Barton, so... Yeah, yeah. Although she, although she is in the MCU, and she, she's an Agent of Shield character, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Agent of Shield. Been. She's meant to get a spin-off at one point as well. Oh yeah, Most Wanted with uh, Jason Blood, whatever. He, not Jason Blood. Uh, the other one. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's, that's the distinguished competition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> could you imagine halfway through a Marvel pilot, just suddenly one of them turns into Etrigan? You're oh, like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, I'd be down for that. <laughs> what just happened? Um, no. Suddenly they're fighting Clarion the Witch Boy. Oh, um, Clarion the Witch Boy! Where's his, you guys don't, where's his Netflix spin-off? Um, so... <laughs> if you guys don't read DC Comics, read some DC Comics. Yeah. There's some fucking wonderful shit in DC Comics. Clarion the um, Witch Boy, Jesus. Um, so Kate is a really, really, really good addition. She feels right at home in this universe yeah. already. Um, especially because they, <laughs> they planted her into one of the most iconic scenes in the film series. Yes. And I love that they never chickened out and cut to any shots from the film. No. I love that they just they stayed on her perspective because they're like, we know you lot have revisited this movie over the last nine years. We yeah. know that you remember this shit. We know that you know what we know, you know. <laughs> and you know that we know that you know what exact moment she's witnessing from a different angle. So enjoy. And it's like, yeah, yeah, all right, I will. Yeah, we'll I will. Recreation of that as well. Shows how soundproof their apartment was that they didn't notice it for the like twenty minutes yeah. leading up to that moment. <laughs> oh, it's only after the Leviathan flew over the building did they go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, that was a. Lo- that, there's some neat stuff in there, man. Some really neat Ooh. stuff. 
just keeping that world nice and built and it makes you realize that there a, a lot of shit has happened a lot of Iron shit Man. has happened a lot of shit has happened like you know throwing mentions of the blip you think about the ronin thing and you go oh this is the first time where it really puts into perspective yeah he did that for the better part of five years yeah like it wasn't it, and and they also lean in properly as well to it wasn't him going you know this is a vengeance story for my family it was a psychotic breakdown yeah and clint has clearly at least not um beyond maybe his family hasn't dealt with it yet he's just no. so gone can we like hide this suit somewhere? Yeah, we'll put it in the compound. Cool, right? Let's now travel in time and go get the stones. The interesting and, thing as and, well yeah. is that he doesn't. He doesn't seem like he doesn't feel like a hero. Yeah, he's got a bit of odd man out thing going on. Well, you know, he was, he was he was a covert operative for ages, yeah. and and he killed people for his government. Yeah, he and for, did for Shield, and and then he spent the last five years before the events of this murdering mobsters and, yep. you know, violently murdering them to the point where even his friend who'd been through the similar shit to him was like, we need to get you back in. This is wrong. This is bad. What the fuck are you doing? Um, and then he loses his best mate. And then he loses his best mate in a choice he feels it should have been him and could have and should have been him and all that stuff. So when you suddenly have him at a musical based on the exploits yeah. of the super team and people reacting to him like, oh my God, you're Hawkeye and all this. He, absolutely. He's playing that so well. The whole like, yeah, yeah, okay, hi. Um, and the musical is just the right kind of terrible as well. It was really funny. The moment it began, I was like, that sounds like Roger from Rent. Yep. No, oh, that's Adam Pascal playing the random citizen who starts the song. Okay, uh. that's him. There he is. They know exactly what audience that they can play with here to, to play with the cheese and the and the sort of the weird cult fanaticism yeah, and like everything. And the choreography and stuff is just <laughs> awful. And it's the Ant Man was awful. there. Awful. Ant Man was there for some reason. Yeah. Which is a recurring skit as well that like he's really popular. Like in Times Square where they go past the mascots, they're all kind of wearing, you know, costume store, Disney store versions of the outfits. Yeah. But the Ant-Man guy's got a really good outfit and he's getting loads of photos taken. It's like, it's so funny we're at the point where they can make jokes about how the public are like, wow, Ant-Man, he's really cool. And it's like, this is so funny. This is so good. It is good. It's some good shit. It some is good, good shit. Oh God. Um, yeah, I like the musical. I like the fact that obviously it was just there for cheese and comedy value. But then you get the moment where he just is watching the Black Widow yeah. character on stage and he's just kind of having a moment and he's like, yeah, I've got to go. I have to leave. Because it just feels weird to see someone playing his dead friend who he feels guilty for yeah. being paraded around as a, as a music act. And it's just like, although, I'd, I mean, come on. Be honest, as cheesy as it was, the moment the chorus hit and it was, I could do this all day. You're like, yes, that's the right amount of stupid I was hoping it's for. It's very that's stupid. Perfect. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. very stupid. And it's on Spotify. If you want to go listen it. to it. No, folks, I don't want to go listen Spotify, to it. The track in its entirety. Um, I think they were hoping for another Agatha all along, but I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to hit the same way. Um, but it's definitely going to make people laugh. Uh, uh, pizza dog. Why is he called pizza dog, Matt? Because he likes pizza. There we go. Um, it's <laughs> all you need. What, you what more do you need? He likes pizza. It's perfect. It's so perfect. Uh, Kate infiltrating the mob auction was brilliant. Yep. And I love the whole like. And who sent you here? Gary. I'm Gary. <laughs> 
Yeah, she's very good at sort of like, um, and t- like reacting to things very quickly. Just, just, yeah, just immediately she's just sort of like, see, this is what it is. This thing, this is the, what I'm talking about, Gary. You don't even know my name. <laughs> we can't. You know, I can't go on that. I'm sorry. I I quit. I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. The fight with the wine bottles and everything. That was yeah, fucking really brilliant. neat choreography in there with the wine bottle stuff. Um, I think because it's so much hand-to-hand, the Daredevil vibes are off the charts. Like yeah. the, the De- Netflix Daredevil vibes are absolutely like there. It's like, these are fights that I could imagine being in the Netflix stuff. And it's so, just, it's, it's, not, you- it's, not, it's not brutal, but it's still, you know, like tight, that whole tight next, really specific choreography kind of levels of stuff. It's great. On that note, who do you think is going to be more disappointed? The people waiting for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in No Way Home or the people <laughs> waiting for Vincent D'Onofrio in this? Well, he's the one who stoked that fire, isn't he? Yeah. Because he, he's liked over the last couple of months several Hawkeye-specific Marvel posts on Twitter, but he hasn't done the same for like all the other Marvel stuff. So it's... Yeah, he just really likes Jeremy Renner. Maybe. I, he, was, he was the one person who invested in the Jeremy Renner app and he just yeah. wants to bring it back. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I mean, I'd like it. I'd love it if he popped up. That would be lovely. Especially, obviously, because Echo in the comics has such a big connection to Wilson Fisk. So yeah. it would be quite nice for him to... You want to talk about organised crime in New in York as well. Yeah, yeah. Like we know he's still... At the end of Daredevil Series 3, he's still, not, he's still operating, isn't he? At the end of Daredevil Series 3. So, you know... Um, I have a feeling it's about to become a they get away with whatever the thing is I think the watch is going to be the MacGuffin yeah I think the watch is the MacGuffin of the series we just don't realise it yet they've they've introduced us to it in episode one and now they're in the tracksuit mafia's like lair with Echo and and, you know we've seen them escaping the the Disney Plus preview had them escaping presumably that location so episode three is going to be the car chase with the trick arrows and everything I I like that they Um, brought in um Clint's sort of hearing impairment as well. <gasps> I love it. I just at the beginning, he just turns the hearing aid back on, doesn't he? Like yeah. in the theater, and he's just like, Ugh. and then they, <laughs> and then the explanation just to get over it. It's like you have to talk about like deaf in this ear. She's like, how did that happen? And it just cuts to a montage of him like smashing through shit and being smacked yeah. by like Ultron droids being, and everything. It's like, like being right near explosions and yeah. <laughs> just a lot just a lot of stuff it makes sense it's like the dude he's he's, human he's he's human he's human he's straight up a human being like in these big cosmic battles like he's gonna be affected yeah no wonder his hearing's fucked like and he look he looks knackered he does look knackered it really you know what i mean like they're really leaning to the idea of him being like i am so tired now i think i'm so tired i mean maybe but he he's (laughs) been quite open about like he if if marvel are calling he's 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 taking the call because yeah. he just enjoys playing the character so much and it's like okay so if you're going to do that are they going to start to is he going to be moved into more of a a Tony Stark-esque position yeah. in terms of the future Avengers stuff of like he'll be the guy kind of like not funding it but oh, helping gonna ma- organize it or run it or things like that they're going to make him Goliath I don't have to go that far <laughs> they're not they're not <laughs> but imagine if they did <laughs> Can I be Goliath now? Yeah, just, just put the camera nearer him. And there you go, Jeremy. If, look at how big you are in the frame. Imagine if they give him the 70s Goliath costume. <laughs> well, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Are you undressing Jeremy Renner with your eyes? Nope. And then redressing him. Someone in the yeah, 70s Goliath costume. Hastily putting his clothes back on, actually. It's like, 
No, Jeremy. <laughs> don't do it, Jeremy. Don't. Don't do it. I've oh, got anything else to bring up on Hawkeye um, so far. Uh, blah, it's, blah, blah. It, it's very good. It's good. It go- it you the, it uh, good oh the lap the lap oh the uh, lapping it was brilliant yeah it was very good the fact that a firefighter has just nicked this piece of costume yeah. from the apartment and then gone lapping in it and it's the fact that it's treated with sort of the an actual amount of respect yeah like it begins with him going like you know oh for fuck's sake like what the hell am I doing and my favorite shot in the whole series so far the two episodes. It's him walking into the fray after registering. And it's the shot from behind Clint of everyone fighting or yeah. like, you know, really, really shit fights going on in front of him. And the back of his head and his head just sinking as he goes. Uh. <laughs> it's just the fun, the composition of the shot and everything was so funny. But then actually ends up having a little bit of fun even if he doesn't but, write it. By the end of it, it's just like, yeah, he says like, you, you enjoyed that, right? And he just sort of goes. I'm glad okay. I did it. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> it's like yay <laughs> yeah very but it, and it makes you wonder is it just like is it just him going all right that was actually kind of fun or is it him going wow combat but without actual serious consequences yay <laughs> a thing i like doing but without my friends dying or yeah. robots blowing up a city yay Woo! um if he if he doesn't sign up to a larp um group by the end of the series i'd be very surprised it's gonna happen it's gonna happen uh <laughs> it's not uh, imagine if it did <laughs> The scene in the restaurant, the Chinese restaurant with his family was lovely. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, all uh, the, the family dynamic stuff with the Batons is actually really good. Like the and they're great. They've got the they've kids. got very distinct characters. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, even though we're only <laughs> with spe- a special guest, implying that they probably could only film with her like on one or two days, which is why she's back at the home. Yeah. But it's still lovely to see Linda Cardellini. Yeah. Because um, she only, is wonderful. It just always is, isn't it? It's just, it was just lovely to just see Linda Cardellini, yeah, like, regardless like, of if she's in stuff. It's like, oh my God, Linda Cardellini exists. Always a pleasure. World, I think the world's a better place just for yeah. this. Um, Always jinkies. a pleasure, never a, never a chore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm looking forward to where it goes. I'm looking forward to where it goes. Yeah. And where I mean, it goes. Swords with the, the fencing. Nobody. Oh, that was good. Mm. That was good. I, I kind of want him to sort of... Uh, subvert the swordsman thing i don't want it to be a baddie but he's gonna be in it unless he's been trying to infiltrate those families from within for a while and he's just been doing a ronin style thing but taking That's his sweet ass time point. with it yeah because i have a feeling we're gonna learn maybe that um kate's mum's not so great yeah maybe like her dad maybe like not to not to stereotype but like the way her dad was dressed in the flashbacks they were archetyping a little bit more kind of slightly not dodgy guy but you know like, like the house is all this really really gorgeous well-to-do apartment mm. and he's just sort of in a leather jacket the little style beard the gold chain and they, they were coding mobster a little bit in terms of like obvious hollywood kind of how do you dress a mobster well some of them look like this and some of them look like this and some of them look like this like so i, I wouldn't be surprised if if her mum's willing to look the other way a little bit on purpose. Possibly. But doesn't realise she's a target. Uh, like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we shall see. Four more to go. So. Uh, right. Uh, speaking of things that I have feelings about. Okay. Um, all right. All right. All right. All right. If you want, if you want to listen to your emails, folks, you're going to have to skip to all the end of this here podcast because we're about to talk. Ghostbusters Afterlife spoilers. Spoilers and my thoughts, because I have now seen it. You have indeed seen it. 
your spoiler-free thoughts on the movie overall before we go into spoilers for those who would like to hear but don't want to hear anymore. As you predicted, mm. I dug it quite a bit more than you did. Yeah, I thought you would. And I you have joy in your heart. I bought <laughs> into the nostalgia quite uh, just, just just wholeheartedly and yeah. just had a fucking whale of a time with it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, Mackenzie, da- no McKen- McKenna Grace. McKenna Grace. I even think McKenna McKenna Grace. Davis. McKenna Grace <laughs> is fucking fantastic in she this. She is, isn't she? Like all the kid actors yeah. are actually the guy. The guy who plays podcast, a uh, Logan Kim. Logan I Kim say. is fucking yeah. great. Um, the older, the older lass who plays. Um, uh, I can't remember now. The, the, the diner. The diner. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, um, um, I think she's he's great. She's it's, wonderful. Yeah, it's sort of underused a bit, but she does a lot with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, fucking Carrie Coon is fantastic. Paul Rudd <laughs> yeah. is, is Pete Paul Rudd, just like wonderful mm. Paul Rudd. Um, yeah, it's... sexiest man alive, don't you know? He <laughs> it is. It's true. Sex, sexiest man alive. People's sexiest man alive. Twenty twenty one. It's just, it's just generally a good, fun time. It, it does some nice things. It does some. You know, it does some fan service, but does also uh, takes. I feel like it, it 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 does the fan service a bit, but also shows you things that you wanted to see from people revisiting the concept that you might not have seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also got a lot of heart in a in a good way. I think uh, that's the key. The key thing that stuck with me a week on is that it. it was clearly made with love. It always made with but so by the much pe- love. By the people making it, it was made with love. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I the, the studio weren't looking at it from that perspective, but no. the people on the actual ground making the damn film were making it because they, they had something they wanted to say, yeah. especially about, you know, um, especially about like what you sometimes have to give up for the sake of... Yeah, of, yeah. Of 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 keep keeping everyone safe, even if people don't necessarily understand. Yeah, someone it was definitely written by someone. Well, we know, we know that Jason Reitman wrote it, drawing on experience of it, his experiences on the set of the original as the son of Ivan Reitman as a kid. Yeah, so he sort of felt like he was being because uh, he's talked about this in interviews, and he sort of felt like he was being ignored a little bit and put to the side and everything, and it's like. No, it's just now. Now he's older, doing this job, he understands yeah. like what his dad was having to give up sometimes, like by being away from home for long periods and everything. And he he gets it now, like he understands it, and and that's sort of what it's about. It's about Carrie Coon's character and and, and mm. Kenneth Grace's character, not understanding why their grandfather, why her her dad, and I think he's Phoebe's grandfather was absent for so long in their life. And you know he didn't do it because he hated them; he did it because he loved them. Like that's why he did it. Um, so that theme, I think, is beautiful, and it's it's told really, really well. Um, where did you sit on sort of the, the the stuff we touched on last week, pre spoilers still, uh, <laughs> like sort of sort of that a- action set pieces and things like that? What do you think about that? So the action set piece was really great. I mm. really liked how much of the effects were practical. Yes, yeah, like uh, I think it's really I think it's sort of a, into that. I think it's sort of like a I think it's sort of like a forty practical, sixty CGI percent split roughly in this yeah, one. Yeah. But it's still nice that there's more solid foundations in there. Too right, um, especially especially certain big growly puppets. Yes, um, and I also yeah. I love the consistency with the look of the originals. Mm-hmm. It's clearly a modern take on it, but it's it was just generally very. It was nice. It was like it was like coming home again. 
It is, to a dirt farm. To a dirt farm. It is, it is the Force Awakens of um, of the Ghostbusters. Uh, in, in all the best possible ways. And also has the, the, the flaws that that sort of um, implies. But seen as this is possibly, but honestly probably not likely to spawn a franchise... I think we'll probably be spared the the excesses of the sequel trilogy for Star Wars. I mean, from any continuation of this. Um, but we'll I think see. if they, I think if this does continue, it won't necessarily be. Here's what these characters did next. I think it'd be more. Here's what the Ghostbusters franchise becomes next, and maybe mm. a few of these characters will pop. Like, because I don't for I don't for a second imagine that the kids in this are going to be like the new team. That doesn't feel quite right. But it wouldn't hurt if like they were in the film still and part of it but in some respect. at the same time, I'm not sure if I'd be interested in watching a sequel to this without McKenna Grace. Because True. she is so good and the character is so endearing and well mm. and well performed that in some sort of way... Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um... And fucking hell, again, no spoilers, but hey, Paul Rudd getting to basically just be the Rick Moranis of this piece. Paul Rudd, baby! <clears throat> getting to be the Rick Moranis in more ways than one. I love it. I the most significant, love it. The most significant being b- being a fucking check magnet, apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's retained the Lewis Tully power of being a check magnet. <laughs> let's, let's get spoilery. Let's do it. So, spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife from this point on. Avoid, avoid, avoid if you don't want to hear them. Starting in three, two, one. So everybody dies. You know, funnily enough. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> and, and, um, and in the first five minutes, which I thought was the most amazing thing, everyone died in the first five minutes, and then it was just 98 minutes of a still shot of a dusty farm. Ghosts. Which took me by surprise. Ghosts busting ghosts. Um... <laughs> Well, and I mean, is, that does happen. It is, that does that happen. Does happen. Um, how did you feel about the uh, the Egon, <laughs> the Egon component? What the 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 the, the Grand Moff Egon, uh, the Grand Moff Spengler? I fucking, um, I, I thought that was really well done. I mm, I liked it, but exactly the same as Grand Moff Tarkin. I think less would have been more. Well, I, I think I think, I think one really clear shot, and then it just kind of being there. Not even full on, because it just seemed kind of odd that he was just stood there and would occasionally like look over at someone. The closure element, beautiful, with his yeah. daughter and, and his granddaughter. Gorgeous. Like, that made sense. But, um, yeah, the fact that it was... I mean, the fact that Hasbro this week... Because everyone was going, where's Phoebe's action figure in, in the new figures they do? These uh, these figures yeah. called... Uh, Pl- a plasma series, I think they're called. Um, they'd release one for uh, three of the kids... And the three elder elder statesmen Ghostbusters, each with a builder figure part for the I think they called it something like the the Terror Phantom, which basically was just the upright looking version of one of the yeah, Terror Dogs that was dog, in the smoke at the beginning. The ghostly version, yeah, yeah. Um, they released that, and everyone was like, "Well, I'm gone. Films come out. Phoebe's the main character. Where's Phoebe's action figure?" And they've now unveiled that the two pack featuring Phoebe. And Ghost Egon is coming out in the new year. Oh, Gigon. And yeah, and it's just sort of like, oh, (laughs) 
Oh, that feels weird. I like that. It. Feels really, really weird as, it, as a as a toy because I'm like, oh, is that why he's solid? So you can then sell a toy based off of how he looks. Well, I, thought was, I don't know. I, I thought it was really nicely done, and I thought that the ghostliness of it helped to sort of mitigate the worst of the uncanny valleyness of it. I I, I, yeah, did, I, think, I, I think the effect was beautiful. I didn't get the like, same. I absolutely didn't get the same uncanny valley reaction I got with like you say Tarkin in Rogue One. Probably because it's blue and translucent, it. though. Because yeah, like, well, you're exactly. looking at it, and you're like, "That's not how a person looks." Exactly. So there's enough of a disconnect. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's what that what kind of thing lends itself to that. And um, the body double and the subtle CGI makeup on him in the opening sequence was done really well because they never, on purpose, they never fall and go, "That's Egon," yeah. because that's part of the mystery yeah, of the I film. Really is that, like that. you know, I really but, but liked the little glimpses of his silhouette and his hair and stuff. You're like, "That's amazing." Yeah. That, that's exactly that is sort of emerging between exactly how Harold Ramis looked a few years ago prior to his death yeah and what you all picture Egon to look like like you found the middle ground it, it's, it's the Force Awakens Harold Ramis it's like if he were around they would have gone we're making this movie we're getting you with a weight trainer for the next like two months yeah. to sort of get you sort of a little trimmer and a little fitter so you can do all the stunts and stuff you know they, they Mark Hamill Carrie Fisher him in CGI essentially oh. they were like we'll, we'll put you through a bit of training and then yeah um, which they didn't do for the other three. <laughs> and all the better for oh, it. All the, all the better for... Well that, well, that being said, I think I think Ernie Hudson is just encased in mm. in like stasis every now and again. And I'll tell you what, out it, Because fuck me, he looks no different. When those three turn up again at the end, it felt like they never went away. Yeah. They, they slipped back into the characters instantly. Especially oh, yeah, Bill I, Murray, which I was not expecting him to be here for. I yeah. was not expecting him to be here for it. And he was. I thought it was Venkman was like, oh, that's definitely Venkman. That's actually Dr. Peter Venkman yeah. that I'm staring at right now. Like, it's real. It's real. Yeah. Here he is, and he's acting like him and talking like him. And doubled down on in the mid-credits scene. Yeah. Which I like, thought was really Yeah, this nice. is him. This is him. Like, there he is. That scene was just that was just gratuitous fan service. That scene because it was it had nothing to do with anything, and it was just remember this thing. Oh, let's just but, get Sigourney because why not? You would. Wouldn't it, you? Was like, it was like the end of James Silent Bob reboot where they reveal where Jay reveals to his daughter that secretly he's the one been jamming gum in the locks of the Quick Stop for the last twenty years. Yeah, it was like this was that version. It was you've marked the cards, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there we go. We now know why. Like, he's able to do those sort of experiments and basically try and pull his underage students. Because remember, folks, Peter Venkman, though a wonderfully charming performance, is a creep. Was a creep. Um, he's well, reformed. Well. Well, yeah. Is he? No. <laughs> yes, no. he probably is. I don't know. He's not. Um, uh, uh, Ray. Um, at this point, Dan Aykroyd and Ray are kind of indistinguishable. Yeah, well, but, yeah. That's... But, but there is sort of... Ray sort of has this more... this this wide-eyed charm about him like this 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 there's almost like childlike glee to ray that Aykroyd obviously puts into the character and that's part of how he's performed yeah and that was there like you could feel there was a this was a bitter ray but like you could still kind of you knew he would rather there be a better explanation for everything that happened yeah and when he finds out he's genuinely kind of like i'm sorry we ever doubted you and you know um and ghostbusters 2 is canon because ray's a cult bookstore Yes, is, is still a thing. That's like your one nod to Ghostbusters Two in the whole film, is that Ray has his bookstore and it's the same yeah. bookstore from Ghostbusters Two. Um, I also quite like the idea 
But uh, would you stay to after the credits? Yeah. It's so, like basically Winston has been <laughs> paying the bills on the place. Yeah. And paid e- enough of Egon's bills to keep the farm going, apparently. Yeah. Like Janine, Janine was the go-between. Yeah. Um, like which in the- itself, which in itself implies that Janine, like, even if they weren't a thing, like, she still, she still felt for him. She still wanted to make sure he was okay, no matter what. Yeah. And yeah. you can imagine that you can imagine that she probably rocks up one day and was like, right, what's going on? And he was like, no, seriously, go away. And she's like, you fuck it, this is me. I ain't fucking going anywhere. What's happening? What can I do? Like, I'll back off. But what do you need me to take care of so you can focus on what you're doing? Which I think is quite sweet. Actually, takes the job in the first one. Is like, yeah, it's just a fucking job, and I hate it. And they're all so annoying. And this is the I've I've quit jobs that are worse than this. And you know, and now she's at the point where she's like, yeah, no, I kept checking in on him because I wanted to make sure he's all right. You know, okay, all right, I buy that. Yeah, it was nice to see that. De- yeah, nice that they used that deleted scene as well, just to from from the original Ghostbusters, just to yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, that was cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then there is, uh, yeah, cause you suddenly were like, hang on, how the hell did they do that? Oh, deleted scene. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah there it yeah. is. Um, uh, and they tidied it up cause I've seen that scene on like, you know, Blu-rays and stuff. Oh it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not that tidied up. It, it's like, you know, video footage from the eighties. Like, yeah. and, and so the fact that they went through it and restored it is really gorgeous. But, um, yeah, there, there was one Ghostbusters 2016 moment in it which was Dan Aykroyd clearly improvised a line that was funny, so they kept it in, but it contradicted something that happened later in the movie. Oh, what was that? Oh, the, the Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when Winston goes there in the post-credits, it's like, no, it fucking isn't. <laughs> it's very clearly just been left alone. <laughs> like, huh. Um, although when he first said that, I was like, that's okay. It's, and that's, yeah, that's, I, that's like a 20-year-old joke at this point, but it still does kind of work. <laughs> Jesus. It still kind of works. It does. Annoyingly, it does. <laughs> um, I still admire their restraint in not putting Slimer in the movie. Yep. I think the, um, the, the Metal Muncher was, was similar enough, mm-hmm. but also more interesting because it had a yeah. sort of specific trait. It was. This, it, it, yeah. it feels like they've lent into the real Ghostbusters territory a bit more now. Oh yeah. Like, well, speaking like, of which, the ghosts have to be distinct. The fucking eye thing in my Bob Ghost. I used to have yeah. the fucking toy of that. Yeah, the big eyeball. Yeah, the eyeball. You <laughs> squeeze it, and the eyeball will fly out on a string. I used they to subverted have that it. They subverted it. His eyeball was floating, and then his body followed. I love it. I love wrapped it. Wrapped around the eyeball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not. Not many. Not many ghosts. Um, in the film, I have. I also and, have a couple of questions. Yes. What? Where? Where's the sheriff when they break back into the police station to get the stuff? Probably deleted scene. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's Sony. like it's just it's not it's there. Sony. They probably went. We need to make it a certain amount so we can fit more screenings in in a day. <laughs> after after the um the mountain erupts, everyone's fucking disappears. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. But other than just... that, I in I I don't have much to complain about. I really enjoyed myself. I, I wish it wasn't Goza and the Terror Dogs. I don't know why. I just, I feel like... Well, they had to force Wakens it, didn't they? <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's what it feels like. It, they are the Starkiller base of the movie. Um, even though it would have been, I think, more interesting to create some new mythology. Because then if you wanted to have Slimer be your random ghost, you could. Like, yeah. you know, he, he followed Egon to the farm and Egon just kept him around or something. Like, you could... You know, you could Ghostbusters two sets up in the film universe that he's kind of just hanging around now. Like that, he's escaped, but they don't 
catch him because he's just sort of there. Mm. He just keeps bothering Lewis and stuff. So it's like you could just, you know. But um, that being said, like like you pointed out, the puppet effects on the terror dogs look gorgeous. Oh god, they are gorgeous. It it does unfortunately expect us all to just go. Oh, we know what happens, so none of the ritualistic elements are really explained, other than oh, your mom fucked your teacher. I don't like, know. I think, I think they did a pretty good job of explaining that. Like, oh no, but they sort of run through. Like, whereas in the first film, it's played for this kind of mystery and horror, and it's a bit like the fuck is going on with these people. Like that, uh, the comedy comes from everyone's reactions to them. Whereas in this, it was just. And now they fuck in the field and the ritual's finished. Bye. But also Olivia Wilde and the two other performers who played Goza did a really good job. Oh yeah, the Goza stuff is fucking fantastic. Like just close enough that that you're like, yeah, that's the same entity from Ghostbusters, but like not too immediately exact enough that the immersion would break because you'd be like, hang on, have they done that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um Olivia yeah, so Olivia Wilde uncredited plays plays Goza. Yes. Someone else voices Goza and for the bits where she's like crawling out of the pit, someone else stood yeah, in for the, those the, the, sort the of moments. Yeah, the incomplete Goza. <clears throat> yeah, oh, that too. Oh, yeah. that was freaky. Um, yeah, so the other cameos that were in there, uh, Josh Gad. Yeah, Did you figure out where he muncher. was? He the muncher. Um, and J.K. Simmons. Yes. As Ivo Shandor. Oh. Um, Half money used to be now. Yeah, I. you know what? I... I like, I like the abruptness of that. Because why would Goza give a fuck about a mortal? Yeah, who, who absolutely doesn't. Her return, she's not gonna go. I'll reward you now for this. She's gonna go. Ah, cheers. Yeah. Um, you know, which was funny, but it also was a bit distracting when I was like, "That's J.K. Simmons." <laughs> oh, now he's gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was J.K. Um, Simmons. And it does unfortunately mean that Ghostbusters the video game is now non-canon. Because uh, Ivo Shandor is the antagonist to that, and oh well, he looks nothing like that, and lived nowhere near the location of this film. I mean, even the first film, Ivo Shandor is buried in Central Park with yeah. hundreds of his followers. Yeah, but you could always just chalk that up to that's what was put on the records because he's over here because this is where the you know ticking time bomb if version of they, the end of the world's going to happen. Work. If they want to tie it in, they can work out a way to make it work. Yeah, it it doesn't matter really, but you know. You know, and you're right, Chris. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> so what? What, what real is that? What the main thing that sort of didn't tickle your pickle about this? Uh, for me, it was more it. just I, 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 I know I, I know far too well by this point how the sausage is made, so oh, I can okay. just I, though though the film story gave us opportunity to. Tell a new story with a good central point mm. and dip into the nostalgia well. Mm. I feel a lot of the decisions that made it similar to other projects of that ilk mm. come mainly from the minds of Amy Pascal and people like that at Sony who just, that thing, do that, do that. And and I could just, I could see it as I watched it. It sort of really took me, as soon as I realised we were hitting Force Awakens beats, I was like, oh... The thing is, though, I don't. Okay. I, that's not. It's just not something that bothers me. Yeah, that's why I thought you'd way. enjoy it more because I was like, I know you. I know you can. You can go. Yeah, but studio going to studio. I'm. I'm studio I'm here for the ride. are going to studio. They are. It's yeah. very true. I'm, I'm the sort of prick who, because I've ridden on like Disney rides, 
<laughs> I'll now ride an Alton Towers ride and go, fucking hell, what are they doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'm riding it. All I'm right, like, all right. This ride is really good, but the theming is lazy and... Right, what the fuck is this meant to mean? And what do you what do you mean Smiler changes you? What does that mean? Are you gonna explain it in your park anywhere? No, they're not gonna explain it. Or are you just it. gonna rely on us remembering a fucking commercial from ten years ago? Like what what is this? Do you know what I mean? So I'm I I can't help it. I'm I'm always like that. I'm always like that. You you go on you go on you go on uh, the likes of say I'm trying to think of a more recent one. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disneyland's California Adventure or you know, a ride like that. Jurassic Park River Adventure at Florida and Universal. And you get on it and you get in that queue area and you're like, okay. And it's just everything around you is feeding the story of what you're about to go through. And then you come out the back of it and you're like, we went on an adventure. That was really cool. Um, and 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 so that to me is, that's Ghostbusters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's Ghostbusters. And then Nemesis, Alton Towers. All right, this looks a bit weird. The water's red. Coming out of that hill, that's interesting. Um, the track sort of looks like bone a bit, but it's also got, like, goo on it. Okay, I wonder what that's about. And as you're riding around it, this music's blasting in your ears. It's all sci-fi horror, and you're like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And then you get off and you go, there's a roller coaster. That was really, really cool. What was what was all the what was all the water about? What was that about? Why did they, why did they, why did they do that? I just don't... And then you go into the little canteen next to the queue area, and there's like one newspaper cut out in a frame that loosely explains, you know, um, uh, archaeologists have found something that might be alive. And you go, okay, that was Ghostbusters Afterlife to me, and not that specifically, but mm. films of this ilk that you know, mm. you can see the you can see the mimicry, you can see the whole, oh, what they did, do that, but they don't quite do anything original enough with it and so i just i can't help it that's it's how i'm built i'm, I'm close to the grave now and yeah you know, I've, I've got no time for chuffer um, i've got i've gotten less harsh on things like that in film as i've gotten older that's because you're benjamin buttoning i'm just like you know what let it let it be whisper words of wisdom speaking of our fourth review this week uh no, we're not gonna get into the Beatles documentary. No. Um, I've not had a chance to watch it yet, but I would like to. I'm 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 gonna be dribbling it into my my eyes over the next few weeks, just like watching twenty minute pockets and that every yeah. now and again, because it is about seven hours long. And, um, um, one bit I've seen floating around online, which I think looks amazing, is the rooftop like show, the rooftop gig, mm-hmm. the the infamous noise complaint, shut them down stuff. Um, toward the end of their run together. Um, they've managed to get hold of every piece of footage that was shot on that location. And we're talking news cameras. Yeah. We're talking videographers who had video equipment who were on the ground floor shooting it. We're talking security footage and stuff in the reception area uh, of that building where the receptionist was trying to stall the police briefly. Like, so they've captured that in a way where you can now see it in real time from different perspectives. That's amazing. And it's like, that is a great, great idea. Like, I cannot wait to talk into that. But apparently that is within, like, the last 20 minutes. So, <laughs> got to work towards it. But, um, yeah, I'm keen. Do you know what else I'm keen for? What are you keen for? Email! Oh, yeah! So, we got a couple of mails. Um, we got a couple of mails. <laughs> emails 
got a couple in from our uh, long-time nuisance, Ian. Uh, who <laughs> has... He said it's a short good. one and a long one. I'll do the short one first. Um, he says, just as hopefully you've both seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, I should share this tweet and the date it was first tweeted. Short and sweet email this week, I think. And he sent us a screen cap of something that we tweeted on the 9th of December, 2019. Okay. Call it fate. Call it luck. <laughs> Call it karma. Just don't call us late for movie night. Bring on 2020. Hashtag Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the wonders of hindsight. Um, <laughs> but then he got back in touch to and, and says, you know, I'm something of an emailer myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As then Ian says, I'm popping my original Spider-Man trilogy virginity over the next three weeks in the lead up to Spider-Man No Way Home. So here's some random thoughts. I have now learned that I'll have to re-listen to the whole pod as you've both been dropping references like Christmas hams. Listen, Ian, I never drop a Christmas ham unless it's straight into my yawning gullet. Um, the film... His, 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 his yawning maw. <laughs> so we're talking about... Does your, does, your, does your tongue attack it like a blender? <laughs> um, yeah, my sharp tongue. Uh, so... On, Ian's thoughts on, on Spider-Man. Spider-Man, oh my god, 2002. The, the original Spider-Man. This film overall feels very, let's do a Superman film, but Spider-Man. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. It feels slightly timeless, mainly due to how things have changed in the past 20 years, but also how it's not trying to be set in any particular time. Well, maybe yeah. the time when the yeah. biggest trouble in moving to the big city was finding a dream job. <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe and James Franco were excellent casting as Norman and Harry, especially because now we know Franco is a slightly slimy, also Franco's hair. Uh, just like when I watched <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming, you can tell how much the internet generation grew up on these films because all of the meme and gifs used on a daily basis. I've also definitely heard the score before, but that might be because I know Elfman more than others. Listen, if you've heard one Danny Elfman score, you've heard 50% of them. Um, there's not really a lot of excessive dialogue in this. It's very clear cut, very straight to the point. I really enjoyed how they explained the spider and why Peter had certain powers. It felt like a good balance for people who knew the character and ones who didn't. I wish we had more of Peter as a character in contrast to Harry, maybe even just a they are both loners who stuck together. No, I'm sure that'll be built on over the trilogy. Closing thought, guy with eight hands. Sounds hot. Your friendly neighbourhood, Ian. Um, hey! Yeah, Lucy <clears throat> Lawless be, uh, having a favour called in by um, by Sam Raimi. That one. <laughs> I love, oh god, I love that. I've, to I've talked at length about how like that film is the perfect example of Every character is memorable. Yes. Every single... It's like Ghostbusters, Spider-Man 2002. It's like, it's, not many walk that tightrope perfectly, but that is one of it. We're just like, you could quote any rando from the movie and people go, oh yeah, that bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get with eight hands. Sounds hot. <laughs> like, yes! Yes, goth Lucy Lawless. Yes. Um, Goofy oh, Lawless. God, what else? Goofy, goofy Lawless. Yes. Um, um, I adore that movie. I adore it. And the Timeless Thing's a really good shout as well. Like, it, it's... It is, isn't it? It is shot in the 2000s, set in a very deliberately vague 60s New York. Yeah, it is, it is, like, it, it is it, very much the 1960s Spider-Man comics. Yeah, like, like just down to everyone's relationships, the styles that they're wearing. But it also isn't afraid to have more modern elements in there. The only things that have aged 
I like there's a couple of looks for characters like Mary Jane that are very early 2000s. Yeah. And the inclusion of Macy Gray are the only things that kind of make you go, oh, it's the 2000s. <laughs> like, okay, fine. But, you know, it's it's other than that, it, it's sort of nicely ill-defined. Um, all three of those movies really sort of retain that look. The third one sort of pushes it a little further the other way, but, like, the first two definitely sit in that same way. Uh, the third one sort of fucks it. Yeah. <laughs> By being shit. But other than that... Um, but I'm sure we'll get more missives on Ian's Spider-Man experience over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so, this one comes in from Sam. And Sam says, Amy Pascal strikes again! <laughs> okay. Uh, they say, What's she done? Hello, boys. I'm Hello, back. Sam. <laughs> Hope you're both well. That, that delivery was spot on. I've known for my accuracy to Randy Quaid. Um, <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> hope you're both well. Recently, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, and it sure was a film I saw at the cinema. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. I can see where this is going. <laughs> Jesus for me, Ghostbusters is such a lightning in a bottle movie. I think what makes the original movie so special and endearing can't really be replicated. So instead of trying in anything new... Afterlife just throws all those member berries at you in the least subtle way possible. For the most part, it doesn't have an original bone in its body. It's because it's, it's a sequel. Uh, that being said, <laughs> in the instances when the movie worked, it really worked. McKenna Grace as the Eonish protege Phoebe absolutely carried the movie. If they do make any more sequels, got to make use of the Ghost Call logo somehow, right? I'd love it to come back. <laughs> A lot of the action sequences were awesome too. The car chase with Muncher was definitely the showstopper of the movie for me. The tribute to the late, great Harold Ramis was really sweet too. And while it was while it was really nice to see all three of the original team and CG Harold Ramis reuniting, by this point it just became a beat-for-beat beat remake of the original. All I could do is sit there thinking I could be at home watching the original. I mean, it's not really a beat-for-beat beat remake of the original because they explicitly do the same thing that they did in the original and have it undone and have to come up with a new uh, solution. So it has common callbacks, but it's not a beat for beat. But yeah, I get what you mean. Um, I, sit, I sit halfway between you both. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what's the first thing we do? Oh, we're going to cross the streams. Don't work. Oh, so we've got to do something new now. Oh, and yeah, the podcast gets covered in mushroom. Uh, mushroom? In marshmallow, mash, in marshmallow goop. Because oh. that happened in yeah. the first one. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> fine. Fine. You know what? You know why you, know why you should do it again? Because it looks funny. That's why. Um, yeah, but no, no one had a William Atherton, though. No one nearly broke their spine from having 70 pounds of marshmallow fluff dropped on them for a practical shot. Yeah, so it wasn't you, beat for beat. You were missing that beat. Um, you were missing nearly killing Walter Peck. Yeah. This man has no dick. Uh, while it was really... <laughs> God damn it. While it was really nice to see all three of the original T... Uh, no, I said that one. Uh, I didn't dislike it, and the bones of a really great story are definitely there, but ultimately, it's thrown away for a lot of... You remember this bit from the original, don't you? And which is kind of what I liked about it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, 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 I'm sort of... I think I'm sat directly between you and Sam on this one. Yeah. yeah. As a big damn fan of the original movie, I really wanted to sing its praises, but alas, it's an uh out of ten for me. Uh, right, I'm off to invest in mini-puffed NFTs. Yes, this is sadly a real <laughs> thing Sony are doing to promote this film. Until oh, next time, goodbye, my dear. Um, yeah. 
Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm more upon it than uh, than most people I've spoken to. But I don't. It's weird. I go. <sighs> oh my god! It's killed him. Yeah, it's killed. Me. It's sapping I his energy. I don't have a problem with nostalgia, as long as it's good. Like, I don't think nostalgia is in and of itself bad. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get down on something for it being like nostalgia bait because I don't have a problem with the concept of nostalgia inherently. It's only when it's it leads to something being lazy and bad. And I don't think Ghostbusters Afterlife was lazy or bad. I think it was very much a love letter to the original, in in, yeah. in, a, in a much more sincere way than, for example, The Force Awakens was. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of the closest thing you can compare it to in terms of what it. It tries to do and it and aims to do and, and achieves sort of resurrecting a decades old franchise um i know i know uh i know that it's not a, a thing you tune into very often nowadays but like um red letter media back when they oh reviewed God. when back when they no back when they reviewed the 2016 ghostbusters yeah um which is a pretty fun review just because they spend most of it drinking crystal head skull uh, crystal skull head vodka i mean yeah that's and, gonna make um, anything more fun, really, isn't it? And 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 uh, like you can tell that Jay can drink. Rich is probably like driving, so isn't drinking. And Mike is just getting more drunk and giddy and turning into a child, and it's quite funny. But um, the, uh, in that, Jay makes a point with Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. He says, "Do you think if this film wasn't in development um, at the same time as The Force Awakens was in post-production and coming out, do you think they would have made a movie that was more like The Force Awakens? They would have done more of a soft reboot direction instead. And in their review of this one, um, they they were, uh, they were their review of this one, they were, I think they were, like, I, I had issues with it, but they they really didn't care for it. But That's all they ever fucking do ex- now. Except, except Jay, Jay really loved the things that worked. He was, he was really glowing about it. And Mike is now at the point where he's not miserable. He's just sort of like, eh, it wasn't for me. Ah, oh, well, but, but in it, they bring up that question that they asked in the 2016 review. And it's sort of very eerie that, oh, he really had his finger on the pulse there about that one. The 2016 one didn't work out. They didn't carry on. So what did they do? They made a Force Awakens oh, yeah, version of Ghostbusters. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that's oh, that's that's absolutely eerie. they did. Yeah, that's pretty eerie. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm just I'm just there for the Jay Bauman and Rich Evans being a precious precious bean that needs to be taken care of oh, at all times. Poor Rich, bless his eyes. Um, bless his <laughs> eyes. Blesses. <laughs> Etc. Um, oh my God. A-T-S-T, A-T-S-T. Fuck off. Uh, what was that? That was, the, that was the Rogue One review, wasn't it? Yeah, I think um, so. Put it this way. You dug it. I dug it. And I think that means you're in the best timeline. I am in the best timeline. I'm, I'm having the time of my line. The, oh. <laughs> now, next week. Next. We don't know, we don't know if next week will be a reactionary week episode for that week yet because we're about to head into second week of rehearsal then tech and dress and then school shows but who, who could say and who cares just, just in case <laughs> son of a bitch how but... many how many 
How many listeners do you have? Not enough. Um, <laughs> but no matter what, there will be something next week. I think because we've got school shows, unless we're doing like massive rehearsals in the evening, I think it's likely we'll be able to record uh, next Monday or Tuesday evening. Um, which means, folks. Yeah, it's evenings all the way for me. Yeah, which means you dirty bastards. What you we need from you. Dirty cow. You dirty scruffs. Is uh, you dirty scruff, sir? What we need from you <laughs> is we need you oh, to. Um... I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> we need you to. Yeah, but doesn't he look like he's just leapt out of a Dickens adaptation? Yeah. We need you guys. I wish he'd leap the fuck back in. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> I think it's great. We need you guys you to email in bigdamncontact at gmail.com your thoughts on the flux finale after you've seen it. Let us know what you think of it. Um, and uh, we'll probably, I think I've got a feeling next week we'll probably be pretty Doctor Who Flux specific since we'll have the story I mean, yeah, to talk about in full. We can talk about the whole thing. Yay. Uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about Hawkeye episode three as I'm well. I'm so excited. So. I'm so excited for Hawkeye episode three. I actually really am I'm looking forward to it. Also, uh, Lucy started watching Only Murders in the Building, so I think that's given me permission to start that as well over this over this period. Watch Midnight Mass. I'm... Yeah, Midnight Mass as well. It's seven episodes. What did I what did I watch this week? Oh, I finished Marvel Studios Assembled. Oh yeah. Um, I, I watched the four that I hadn't watched yet. The uh, uh, Loki, um, Black Widow, Shang Chi, and What If episodes. They're pretty good. They're pretty good, and it's annoying that they're not on any of like the respective DVDs of the films because it's like these are decently comprehensive hour plus long making of documentaries. Could you put these on the Blu-rays as well, please? Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to have some behind-the-scenes features again. <laughs> for fuck's sake! Yeah. Jesus. I, if I learned one thing, I learned that Ben Kingsley fucking loves playing um, Trevor Slattery. Ben Kingsley'll do fucking anything. Loves for playing him. He doesn't give a fuck. And he's also like. He also treated playing with uh, Morris on set uh, as you would uh, being in a double act. Uh, like he he met with the effects guy who was going to be physically moving the sort of like standing green thing yeah. that was there in Morris's place, and he took him out to dinner for for, for a couple of days in a row, and they went and had drinks just to get to know each other a bit because he was like, I want to get to the point where we have a short and. And because they, they were saying, do you want us to build a, a more practical prop version of him, you know, like an animatronic one? It'd be CG in the movie, but you know, just for interactions. And he went, no. He says, because me and me and they know each other now, like we know each other. So yeah. like, I I rely on you, you rely on me. We trust each other with the decisions. And yeah. And they said by the end of it, he wanted to take the little green like lump that they used home. <laughs> a little green lump because he, he'd grown attached to it. <laughs> it's like, oh, sure. Sir Ben, Sir Ben, Sir Ben. Oh. Blesses, blesses cotton socks. Blesses um, cotton ass. Um, <laughs> well, get your cotton asses over to Twitter at yeah, Big Damn Cast. Do you it. can also support the show, keep the lights on around here at patreon.com slash big damn case. And it is literally just keeping the lights on at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've moved on to eating the building around yeah. us, but the lights are on so we can see what we're consuming. Yeah, um, just about. And... <laughs> They're 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 about as far. And uh, yeah, uh, d- d- just look after yourselves. Don't be yeah. Don't, look, don't be dicks. You know? Look after yourselves and each other. Yeah. And if your CGI Harold Ramis sticks around for longer than four hours, you can sort of adopt it. Yeah. It's not helpful. Yeah.